Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Evening Party with Travis Tate. Is it evening? Well, I mean, Travis, who's to say what it is for people? You talk about our Australian listeners. Oh, yeah, that's true. We are picking up on the Australians. Uh, Hello to our Egyptian listeners as well. We have Egyptian listeners. Are you you streaming this out? Are you streaming this out right now, Travis? No. So it's a universal uh, afternoon, uh, evening? No, but it's evening o'clock somewhere. Uh, you say that one of the things. So uh, I was just watching that Mandalorian season two trailer because mm. I knew we were going to talk. I told you, I told you just a minute ago. Like I kind of wasn't going to watch it because I know I'm going to watch the show. So even little stuff, there's no reason for me to get any taste. And I was like, oh, we're going to end up talking about. It. I guess I should watch it. And something that stood out to me, it's I don't know if this is the first time. It's the first time I've ever can recall seeing something that you know doesn't just say uh all episodes this or just says a month it says streaming on a date I'm like wow it's kind of weird to see streaming yeah it is like weird. the uh the advertising language i don't it was a weird thing that just kind of huh yeah i mean i guess but huh the first episode i know this is october 30th yeah. Which, by the way, breaking news, that's uh, the night I'll be headlining at Jordan Landing, wise Uh-oh, guys. You're, you're up against the release of The Mando. The Mando's not going anywhere. You can watch <laughs> it after my show. It'll be a 7.30 show. It'll be done by 9. Plenty of yeah, time to watch The your, Mando. Cancel all your watch parties and uh, yeah. drop a dime on our man, Trav. It's the day before Halloween. There's no show on Halloween, so go ahead and dress up as a slutty pumpkin or a slutty nurse or a slutty construction worker or a slutty chef or a slutty i don't know you fill in the blank and then come to my show and then afterward go watch the mandalorian it'll be a great night for you just just slutty mandalorian make sure you uh i mean you, you don't know you don't know what he's you don't know how he gets down maybe i'll be the slutty mandalorian why not got some all you got to get is the helmet that's right Get some some Wookie tails hanging down somewhere. Because you don't, you, you, he never takes his mask off, except for in the first season, he takes his mask off. Yeah, <laughs> except for the time that he does. Has anyone seen? Like, has anyone seen your? When's the last time someone saw your face? Like, oh, Seventeen years ago. Oh, we're <laughs> definitely gonna have to make sure you show someone your face in the next month. <laughs> but it'll it'll be it'll be a fun night. Fun night. It's been a while. Who got to see his face? Who was it that went back and saved him at the end of this? It was IG88, not IG88, but it was a IG. It was the IG, it the Taika Waititi. And he he. It was he the TW. Techno Waititi died. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, who uh, saw his face. Well, we did okay, too. Okay, so so that that isn't a big deal. Yeah, technically. Saw his face. Oh man. No other living creature saw his face. It was just just is, the droid. Is that what's implied? Anyone who sees his face died. Is is the Mando no. a Medusa? No, but that would be interesting. That would be a good weapon. I would take my helmet off all the time. Why wear a helmet? Just walk through. Rassel's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> you sorry, be... Travis, we're going to need you to stay late today. Like, takes off his helmet. Eh, I think I'm, I'm leaving. Looks like I'm leaving early. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you uh, glean? I like the, the trailer is, uh, as far as I guess trailers, just to get you excited and not really show you anything. That That works for me. Like, hey, the characters are right. back. Uh, 
Apollo Creed's beard. Did did his beard get wider? Yeah, he got he got a little a little salt with his pepper. <clears throat> Just a little bit the there. Time. But yeah, I mean it shows it shows, you know, he's coming back, Cara Dune's coming back. Uh it shows WWE superstar Sasha Banks. And the rumor I is am... she's playing Sabine. She's actually uh I don't know if you know this, she is a cousin to Snoop Dogg. Is that right? She's some sort I don't know how many cousins once removed or whatever or if it's actually first cousins. But I do know there's a relation to Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg Snoop has Dogg, escorted her to the ring while rapping. Is Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg becoming like a sort of like a Native American like we're all like a quarter, <laughs> yeah. like one eighth like somewhere down the line like I'm one sixty fourth Snoop Dogg. <laughs> is Elizabeth Warren uh, claiming that she's uh, she's part Snoop Dogg at this point? One hundred and seventy second Bow Wow, not Little Bow Wow. <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm on the yippee o yippee side. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, sure, sure. I'm excited for it. That's like a month and a half out. So seems like forever. Mm-hmm. Like in 2020 standards, that's it. By 2020 standards, it's actually releasing in 2050, as far as the way time is going this year. So I don't know how familiar you are familiar you are with the cartoons, but they're thinking uh, Sasha Banks might be playing. Sabine, who is the Mandalorian uh, on Rogue, is it? It's not Rogue Rebels? One. Rebels, yes. Jeez, on Rebels, um, she's kind of got like the the spray painted armor. She's kind of artsy. Anyway, they're thinking she's going to play her Katie Sackoff. <laughs> she's the, the Hobby Lobby Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, little crafty. Uh, Katie Sackoff is going to be playing. So there's another female Mandalorian war, warrior in the Clone Wars cartoon. And her is that the one at the end of the season? Yeah, she's kind of the yeah, sister to... Uh, so she's the younger sister of the woman who was kind of like, I don't know, the prime minister or queen. I don't know how that, how their hierarchy works on Mandalore. But she was the leader. She gets killed. She kind of had feelings for Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan was kind of in love with her, too. But this is the... She Katie Sackhoff's going to be the younger sister of her. So there's a tie-in there with the with the animated stuff as well. And then also uh, Timothy Oliphant, you were you were mentioning who the rumor is that he might be playing because he's going to yeah, be in the there, series too. There was some rumors out there that uh, there is there's like a character who found Boba Fett's armor and pretended to be him for a little while, and that you know that would kind of fit the sort of Timothy Oliphant sort of justified uh, Deadwood sort of kind of character, but also like. If you've seen any of uh, Santa Clarita Diet, he's he's a really good comedic actor. So oh yeah, he's really good. Being a goofy, being a goofy cowboy, he can he he, he got the chops. You know what I'd kind of like to see, just because Boba Fett is a character, is just kind of, I mean, he's a little bit like like the Mando. I mean, he's kind of serious. So it would be funny if he tracked down this dude that's wearing his armor and then like forces him to be his basically like chewy (laughs) (laughs) so he's like going out on missions with him and uh, he's kind of like his 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 life debt guy (laughs) that could be a lot of a lot of episodes where they show up in the cockpit of uh i forget what the name of what's the name of the mando ship do you remember uh i can't remember yeah i just show up in the cockpit in the in the morning and look at each other and realize they accidentally put on the the different helmets again (laughs) 
damn it, I knew this thing, this thing smelled funky. It smells like garlic. I didn't have any garlic. It smells like someone's dad severed head in here. What's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, that'll leave a that'll leave a stench behind for sure. You mean wash this? Like, no, I, I, you know how it is. We're not supposed to take them off. <laughs> you just, you know, spray some Febreze up there. Realistically speaking, we honestly, we, I, I, but also, I guess I don't know. Maybe the cartoons touched on this some because I think you said isn't is is Wid Boba Fett in uh, Clone Wars some. Mm. Is he in Rebel some or is he in something? Is, I think there's I a. Say we, yeah, there's a we young Boba. Really, young Boba. We don't really know much about Boba Fett. He's he's really it's a common com, like complaint if you want to say, but like Boba Fett's really not in a lot of the original trilogy. And there's not right. There's not a lot to really establish who he is at all in the original trilogy. Like 100%. I'll admit like someone who loved Boba Fett all, a lot was he just has cool armor. It, that's why it, we love it. Yeah, I mean that. Honestly, that that's a lot to do with it. But it is Tamara Mur- Morrison playing him again, and he does show up in uh, the Clone Wars series as like there's an episode that's pretty much dedicated to him. He sneaks in because all of the young clones look exactly like him, so he sneaks in as a recruit, and he wants to get um, revenge on Mace Windu. So his plan is to murder Mace Windu. I said Mace... I don't know why I said... It's because he flew out of a window. That's why it's subconsciously in my mind. Somebody must have said Mace Windu, and then I just say it. (laughs) It's kind of... It is kind of funny when you you think about it. Like, (laughs) if his name was, like... Ain't got no, ain't got no damn arms. Window would have been, you know, only slightly more on the nose. <laughs> so yeah, he but, uh, he does pop up in there, and then there's a few more missions where he is with, I think he's with IG88 at some point, and then uh, I want to say the the character's name is Ara Singh. Uh, she's a a bounty hunter with like really white skin, and then uh, like a red ponytail oh, yeah, the, on the top she, of her head she's in uh, an she's antenna like in one shot in phantom menace yeah but she's a little bit was, more in the clone wars cartoon but he he's with yeah. her so she's kind of keeping an eye out for him training him how to become a, a bounty hunter so i think actually mando kills ara singh really isn't i think they reference that in the in season one if i'm right that's weird. I guess I, I was just thinking today I might I would maybe be in for doing a rewatch of the Mando. I was uh, on a forum I'm on. They were kind of talking about, you know, uh, talking back and forth about this trailer and talking about, oh, I wonder if they're going to make the episodes longer. And someone was they were just talking about that the mm-hmm. sort of economic times of the, you know, like stretching them or, or contracting the time of them based on uh kind of what the story needs yeah that's what i like and that it, it really lent well to a rewatch yeah why make it be an hour if 47 minutes is going to make it perfect why have 13 minutes of filler you know what i mean yeah it just they just said it it makes it imminently rewatchable because a, a lot of shows they have filler episodes or they, right. they they have a standard for how long their episodes are and sometimes that they have to stretch to make those and you know, and they did just like uh, Mandalorian. Finally, I, it was weird because if you remember when we first watched it, we talked a lot about how oh, these are just one-off episodes. Like no, they 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 tied it up in the end, which was yeah. was 
Nito Bandito. They did a really good job of, of bringing it all together. So so I might be up for a rewatch. I, I was also going to ask you, so Mandalorian, you know, the starts on, in October, probably ends somewhere in, what, December maybe? Yeah, it's probably, what, eight to ten episodes, I'd imagine, somewhere in there. Do you maintain your Disney Plus subscription after it's over? Yeah. Yeah, I use because Disney Plus. I I don't know that I've watched anything on Disney Plus since the end of that first season. So I and um, they haven't really made any announcements about when uh, like Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier or I haven't heard them. Like I see production shots of, of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier occasionally, but I haven't heard anything about a uh, about a uh, what's the Scarlet Witch one? What do they call it? Oh, uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard anything about that for months. Or the Loki ago. one. Yeah, I think. The, Co- yeah, the Loki one. They don't. I'll bet the Loki one. They haven't hit production on that, and that like uh, COVID has completely put that on hold. I imagine. Yeah, COVID threw a, also, a virus wrench in there. Uh, well, they also had the news this week that they're probably going to push Black, back Black Widow again and then slot the the um, Pixar, that one, Soul. They're probably going to slot that for digital release. Is there a trailer for that one yet? Which one? Soul. I think Roy Wood I mean, Jr. Like is the teaser. main character in that one. I think. There was a teaser, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's any, been anything else since then. Hmm. So, uh, Boy, like COVID... Uh, the, the weirder, the weirder stories with those are things like Black Widow or Tenet where those things are done. They're just trying to figure out a a place they can put it where it will actually make the money they want it to make. Right. I know, um, Marvel just announced that, what does, is it Kang? The, the time traveler guy? The conqueror. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be kind of, he's at least the main villain in Ant-Man 3. And they're thinking that wow. he's gonna be huh. he's gonna be the, the the Thanos for Phase Four. Yeah, that'll. I mean, the, I guess the, the way that they do, like yeah. a, at least, uh, I, I I I am honestly right now, I am really skeptical that they're gonna pull off another ten year arc. So you know, Kang is uh, to the. I'm not super familiar with Kang. Do I know you know who's supposed to play him? Okay, I don't know the guy's name. Are you watching Love Cla- Lovecraft Country? Yes. Okay, he's the the main male actor. Oh, really? Yeah, he he's going to play Kang. Okay. So that's, that's a Yeah, that's why that, they're thinking that, it's going to be make sense. It's going to sure. be more than just a one-off movie type thing. And they think uh, the reason well, Kang is he, a is a pretty pretty huge villain in the Marvel universe. Right. So, so. if you remember in I can't remember which movie it is. Uh, I want to say it might be Endgame when they go into the, um, you know, the Ant-Man multiverse, whatever it's called. There's a little tiny city. Have you ever heard of the little tiny city? You just see it for a second. It's in a bubble. Do you see it in there? Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to. I think you have to pause it to see it. Are you thinking of the? Are you thinking of the bottle city city of Candor? No, it's a. <laughs> I wish. No, it's. I think it's are you Acropolis. Of that little that oh yeah you i was gonna say i was gonna make another reference to doom patrol but i don't think you've gotten super far in that have you no i've only gotten on doom patrol i the last there's, one i saw i've actually got it written there's down so here much stuff to watch 
<laughs> we'll get to Doom Patrol in a minute, but okay, oh, yeah, I we'll just keep going on. What a treat! What a dream! <laughs> so yeah, King looks like he's going to be the main bad guy, and there, one theory that I saw was that somewhere trapped in there, uh, Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four have been trapped in there for like fifty years, and they're going to. That's an interesting way to introduce those. Yeah, accidentally like release them and somehow being in there for all that time is what gives them their powers so it's not the same going into space thing i don't know or maybe they had the powers when they got trapped i don't know you know uh, honestly as far as as far as fantastic four dr doom goes um i am not nearly uh, that okay couple things couple things i get hearing that number one i've always i've always had a very soft spot for those two things for fantastic four dr doom especially i love his suit <laughs> that's what it is it's his, the suit and guess what they keep never doing very well <laughs> his suit right <laughs> but but even as a character like Do- dr doom super cool suit like if you want to talk about like uh, mandalorian your or boba fett cool suit like dr doom has always had the coolest suit see but beyond I, that it's my introduction maniacal sorry my third, in- third person re- uh, go ahead go ahead yeah. I was just, just real quick. My introduction to Dr. Doom was when I got uh, one of the Secret Wars toys as a kid. Hadn't even seen the comic books with him in it. But I just opened up that toy and I was like, this guy is cool. Like, I knew this is a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, like, super egomaniacal, refers to himself in the third person. Uh, like, will do it, like, just this incredibly deep seated grudge against the ultimate dad superhero. Although I'm sure he won't be a dad at this point, but like, uh, so comic wise, uh, Fantastic Four were out of the picture for a few years. And when they, well, I guess in the storyline, they brought back Reed Richards and they brought him back with a salt and pepper beard. And it was like the greatest thing they could do to that character was have him have a, you know, a big old dad beard. Yeah. I mean, that actually uh, does kind of work for him. But like, you know, that what you're saying sets up an interesting, like, I'm not concerned. I'm not so concerned about them necessarily getting their origin story right. Like they, they don't have to do the space thing. What yeah. I'm concerned with is getting the character, getting getting the tone of the characters right. Say specifically with Doom, because they've just they have never figured out movie wise. They, you know, out of the what two versions that they've done of Doctor Doom in these movies, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, doesn't play. And if they make it this idea of they've been stuck in a little mini city, that actually kind of can set up a, like, the the concept of Latveria, of this kind of unnamed sort of European country, and, and can set up the idea of him being this egomaniacal ruler that just comes out of nowhere, of he's been in a, he's been in a, a mini city for, for years, it's made him kind of weird... So you can make him you can make that you can make the the suit you can make him super corny and it can make sense in that he's just been isolated and he kind of went he kind of got weird it would be funny to see the i mean i guess the fantastic four could be your fish out of water kind of like cap was for a while and toward the end of yeah. the movies they kind of went away from that but that wouldn't be necessarily bad to see you know Johnny Storm well, and, or what, whoever's playing him be a little bit and, capish. And it, yeah, yeah, you can play it that way, and it also makes them... Because, 
you know, making the making the Fantastic Four like the especially the most recent movie, trying to make an updated like kind of darker Fantastic Four. Not not a not a great. I mean, that's never really worked out. We're st- DC is DC is you know hip deep in the whole thing of like ah, making our characters dark just isn't really outside of outside of Batman our eternal cash cow that's not really <laughs> helping us in most of these right these areas and they don't really need to do the origin of Fantastic Four they didn't really do it for yeah. Spider-Man they just we know no. the Spider-Man origins they just hopped right in and Spider-Man's there I think they could Did do the same with uh, X-Men too because maybe there's a timeline cuz this is going to be clearly they screwed up the timeline when they went back and uh, changed things on Endgame. So there's going to be multiple timeline scenarios, which unfortunately is going to kind of be close to what Flashpoint is doing. So the people are going to go, oh, Flashpoint just copied Marvel, even though Flashpoint was, you know, 10 years ago. Anyway. Uh, anybody that, that... complaining about superhero stuff getting into, <laughs> into time, time garbage is like, that is... That is comics bread and butter. <clears throat> at some point, right. you're going to do. At some point, every comic company is going to do. We're going to mess with time to try and adjust things a way that it that we like it. Right, and because there could be a uh, a timeline where the X Men are the only heroes on the planet. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just genetic mutations is what gave people superpowers instead of all these other reasons, whether they're a god or they're a genius or you know they're the black Panther passes it down from generation to generation, all that kind of stuff. Maybe there is a timeline where it's just mutants. And then somehow all these timelines get kind of slammed together and there they are. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, uh, as per like my recent love of Bill and Ted, like if done well and done, like, especially if they're alternate, if they're alternate timelines, like don't try to even like just do, really weird versions of everything makes me happy i hope they do i don't know prison jacked ant-man that's what i want (laughs) would you want a cg dr doom they could get it to Uh, look right that way i mean hey look think about ultron looked fine what i want is for it well no actually that's not what i want i don't want a dot i don't want a dr doom suit that makes his face emote more that's not what i want okay i'm just i'm just throwing it out there because if you're going to get a big name actor to play dr doom and then say oh by the way you're wearing a mask the whole time but if it for some reason if it's cg like you got uh uh rocket raccoon is uh oh god i can't remember names today it's voice work i appreciate an i appreciate an actor who understands they can like uh, probably a big example, two big examples, Carl Urban as Judge Dredd and Hugo Weaving as V and V for Vendetta were two Ooh. actors who said, I don't need my face to do the work for me. I, I understand that this care, like not Carl Urban does a lot. Excellent chin work in Dredd. Excellent he, chin work. I know he's already in the Marvel universe, but he would make a good Dr. Doom, especially if he's going to have a mask on anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, I appreciate an actor who's like, I can bring gravitas to this character, and I understand that not seeing their face is maybe, maybe a a part of the character. 
And it's not like you never see Doom's face. Just he doesn't want people to see his face. He's the Mando. So, <laughs> you know, you, you're right. Like I honestly, I don't. For me, I did not care for that Ultron. Like my mouth moves. Um, I thought that was a bad call because, uh, from from my reading of Ultron, like the idea of this emotionless, uh, the this brutal emotionless, like I am. You know, I am doing things because computer, like a, a motionless face carries more of a kind of cold and calculating thing than a, a, a like the mouth moves up and down. There's no lips, but the mouth moves up and down. So, yeah, if they just get the look right, that's going to be 75 we'll percent of that character. By and large, by and large, I think that the MCU learned a lot of lessons about these characters these characters gain a lot of charm by looking a lot closer to their uh, comic book counterparts than maybe uh, early X-Men of we're completely throwing yeah. out costumes and they're all it was leather, just the Matrix. leather daddies. Right. I mean, so, I guess I just mean, a, a face that doesn't move on Doctor Doom. Like, it worked for Darth Vader. If you get it right. <laughs> Darth Vader got a lot of mileage out of a face that didn't move. You are yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah, so they could totally do it. He's got the cape. It's yeah. They just need a a big person playing Doctor Doom, who's big and scary and strong. I mean, hey, look, they they did it. They did the thing right. They figured out how to make Spider Man work, where the eyes the eyes emote, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a comic book accurate thing of the eyes do the emoting. And for Doom, like, hey, look, he doesn't have Doom is not supposed to have lenses. The eyes do a lot of emoting. Does does Deadpool kind of deserve credit for that though? They kind of were the first ones to do it, right? With the eyes uh, shifting Dead, shapes. Was Dead was Deadpool before um, Civil War? I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100 no. percent sure. Vamp for Vamp for a minute. I'm gonna look that up. Okay, uh, I know I mean, there's there's a lot of people uh, thinking that uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are gonna be. Uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. No thanks. It's not no confirmed. Thanks. I wouldn't. No I wouldn't thanks. dislike don't need, it. Don't need Reed Richard. Don't need Reed Richard looking at the camera like. You know, <laughs> I guess guys. But they're married in real life. It would be so cute. Uh, if he does it, that's fine. Uh, Army Hammer would be good too. You just need a guy. Even Timothy Oliphant, I think, would kind of be a funny Reed Richards. If you want him to have a little personality too. There's lots of people that could play those parts, though. So hopefully they do um, something interesting. So both those movies came out in 2016. Oh, well. So dueling eye work. But you know what? De- Deadpool Deadpool did a real good job of, hey, again, hey, the character the character works. Like this, this comic book design was pretty iconic. What if we just made that work? Yeah. I think I, yeah. I would say that uh, Ryan Reynolds definitely put his foot down and said, "All right, I'll do this, but it's it needs to be more like the comic than this crap we did in uh, X Men oh, Origins Wolverine." Because I mean, X Men Origins Wolverine was soup to nuts, a terrible, terrible. There, is there anything good about that movie? Uh, other, than, other than Hugh Jack, Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman was iconic. I would say like a, a good Wolverine in an entirely bad movie. I think um, Leah Schreiber as Sabretooth was good. 
Yeah, Ooh, he'd bad. be a good Doctor Doom. Also, also, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, if we could, I I will maintain if we could uh, go back and pull like uh, early '90s Jeremy Irons, like <laughs> <laughs> then that that's the perfect casting. But I, I I don't think we can go back unless unless they're willing to make Doctor Doom really old. I still think Jeremy Irons can bring that great. Like, he can super bring that gravitas to the character, but they have to be willing to say, Dr. Doom is really old. And I I don't think we're going to get that. I would just hear Scar. <laughs> I am hey, the man. king. I, it could be said that I watched uh, Lion King and said, man, that, that Scar, he's very Dr. Doomish. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about getting rid of your, your Disney Plus subscription. I know. Yeah, I just I just don't use it. There are some people that kind of bounce from, you know, service to service by month. It's just hard to keep track of, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I don't think I can be that person, but I'll, I get it. I'll use Netflix as an example. Right now, they've got Cobra Kai, so I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. Um, but other than that, I just finished Umbrella Academy, so it's like I could go a few months without having it until Stranger Things and The Witcher come back. There's a lot of dead space in there. I don't really need Netflix because there's nothing else on there that I care about. Same with Amazon Prime, Hulu, all that stuff. There's just a lot of, I mean, if you could bounce it around and just spend 10 bucks a month on whatever you wanted to stream, like uh, Showtime's coming up with uh, next month, it's going to be a comedy store documentary. I think it's four parts. So I kind of want to get a subscription just for that, but I want to wait until all four of them are out. So I can just watch all four of them at once. There's no reason to have it past that. I think the I think the key is um, you need to have uh, the equivalent of like a polyamorous relationship with lots of people who have different like you have like you yes need I've poly- heard this like, too. You need uh, streaming service polyamory, which is. I have two of these services, but I am friends with three other people who have the rest of stuff that I'm coming up on. Right. Because right now, I'm just sharing with people that are actually in the house. My son has, and he still lives with me, he has HBO Max, uh, and because I was going to get it, but it wasn't on Roku, but he found out he could watch it on his PlayStation, so he got it. So now I have it because I can watch it on my PlayStation, which I don't even know why I have, but I do. Same with uh, DC... Uh, unlimited he has the dc so i can watch that stuff on there but everything else hulu amazon prime disney plus netflix all that crap you know that's all wwe network i pay for all that so i mean there is the whole reason i got rid of cable is to get rid of that hundred plus dollar a month bill so it doesn't make any sense that now i have the same amount of money for basically five or six channels it, it it only uh it only makes sense for me it only makes sense if you're doing some like sort of uh streaming service polygamy of uh like my, my landscape and my watching would probably look a lot different if it weren't that i i'm able to watch a few of the services cuz it just you, you just you're right it's it gets up into it probably gets worse than cable of trying to keep up with everything and then you get the you get the smaller things like the CBS All Access, and I think I told you, oh, uh, yeah. Shutter has a weird looking sci-fi sh- that weird sci-fi uh, blood machine show that looks really <laughs> interesting to me. But I'm like, I'm not going to sign up for. I, I don't. 
I'm not super great with horror, so I'm not going to sign up a, for a right. service that's uh, strictly based on that just to watch one show. My son got a... That show looks really fun. He got a shutter, like The Trial. My other son, Brady, my oldest. Yeah. I'll have to tell you about that in a minute. There's a, there's a movie on there that we watched that is bananas. Uh, yeah, do me a favor and watch, like, just watch one episode of Blood Machines and tell me if it's any good. I'll see if he still has a Blood Machines. Okay, I'll write it down. It just, lo- it, it just looks like really, really... It, it looks like uh, uh, the, the early days of the sci-fi channel, like a, like a, far, like a Farscape, but huh. way, way higher budget. Does it have like puppets? A, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think it has puppets, but it just has that really out of... Like Babylon 5, like the the uh creature and set and like ship design is just way out of control <laughs> and i'm i'm into that so the movie that i watched on shutter i'll just get it out it's called tammy and the t-rex it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay i was like that's what i said he's like you have to watch this dad so i, was, I watched it uh, it's got uh paul walker in it and denise richards is also in it and they they're kind of like a new couple they kind of like each other uh paul walker falls in love with her um i think he's a star football player she's like a cheerleader anyway she used to date she used to date a bad boy at school who from what i can tell is like 40 uh but he's supposed to be a teenager he's he does not look young anyway him and paul is is that part of the gag or is it like that 80s thing of we just need someone to fill this suit yeah basically like he was supposed to look like he was maybe a year older in the script i'm not sure anyway he had been kicked out of school things like that there's a point where he comes to school to fight paul walker because he's jealous that his ex-girlfriend is is in love with this guy and they end up grabbing each other's junk and squeezing for like five minutes and the cops come and there's a a junk standoff where they're each squeezing each other. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, they get mad. I'm just going to spoil this movie because it's still worth watching. They get mad. They take him to a wild animal sanctuary that's in their town. Uh, they beat him up really bad and they leave him in an enclosure that has tigers and lions and panthers and jaguars. Apparently. Oh uh, yeah. All the, all the scary feline friends, and they basically chew him up and eat him. And then these bad guys come and find him. They take his brain out. There's a scene where they're actually like sawing into his head. And oh, by the way, the doctor that does this, he's the guy, uh, he's the creepy kid from uh, Children of the Corn. The one that's always screaming, Malachi! I don't think I've ever seen Children of okay. the Corn. All right. Yeah, well, not, not great on horror. <laughs> so anyway, they <laughs> they cut through his head. And it's a pretty good mold of paul walker's head so they actually cut through the skull and then you just pop the the top open and there's a brain in there they take the brain out they put it in a t-rex robot and he has all of his memories still so he goes to find his girlfriend tammy which at one point i can't remember i think it's the credits it says tanny in the t-rex it doesn't even say tammy they put two okay. n's instead of two m's weird <laughs> yeah I don't know. This show. This show sounds like it's very on the nose, so that just could be part of their messing around. It could be. It's it's pretty ridiculous, but it's it's a fun ridiculous. All right. So if you ever have access to it, watch Tammy and the T Rex. It's bananas. I, I'll get in there. I'll get in there. <laughs> um, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk old, weird, corny movies? Yeah. Trap. 
Travis. So I told you last week that I I listened. I've listened to the audiobook of Dune, and we watch that Dune mm. trailer. I'm very excited for the Dune movie. Right. I watched 1984 Dune, and I don't know who this movie was for. <laughs> so you have you, you have just have you finished the audiobook, so yeah. you can very you easily. I have seen the first half of it when I was a little kid, and then I saw the first half of it. Uh, probably five to six years ago, but I've never made it all the way to the end. It is simultaneously, it is not a very good interpretation of the book. At best, it's kind of referential. But also, if you're someone who doesn't know much about Dune, I like having just gotten off of the listening to the audiobook, um, it's harder for me to in, kind of get in that headspace, but. If I, I can only imagine, I can only imagine that in the 80s, if you didn't know what Dune was and you watched this movie, you would come out of it like, like the world is spinning. Uh, you, you have to sit down. It, 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 I don't know how this movie would make sense. It, like knowing what I know about the story, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I, I like it's, it's confounding me right now, Travis. It's, there, there's so much, so much inner monologue whispering of like, mm. just so many focuses on a character's face where they kind of look a little bit to the left, and you hear like, "Is this truly the power? Is this who I was looking for? What is that thing? What is this I'm feeling right now?" I and remember it, as a kid watching it, thinking they've only got like four sets. They just keep using the same sets over and over again, and they're all wearing the same clothes that. the whole time. Some, I just, of that, some of that makes a certain amount of sense as those still suits that they wear on Dune. Like, yeah, you're going to see a lot of the characters wearing those just because that's the only way to survive on the planet, really. But uh, um, I don't remember if I talked about this last week. When you, when you listen to or, or when you read it, there's almost two stories in it of, like, before Paul goes into the desert and after Paul, you know, Paul... Hmm the sci-fi character Paul <laughs> goes into the desert and uh, I hadn't thought about it much until like, it's so weird. Like David Lynch, David Lynch wrote, directed and has a very small part in this movie. And it is amazing that after watching this movie, it seems very much like David Lynch did not want to direct, did not want to write and did not want to be in this movie. <laughs> it, 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 it I can't even, I, it's so hard to encapsulate how much things happen in this movie that I'm like, oh, they're doing that from the, they're doing that from the book, but they're not giving enough context for, as someone watching it who doesn't know, you have no idea why it's important. Like, uh, there's this character, Thufer Hallett, or Thufer Hallett, I can't remember quite how it's pronounced. There's this character who is through the books, or I guess, you know, we'll skip to a better one. Gurney Halleck is this character that Patrick Stewart plays. You get Patrick Stewart. So when I initially, because I hadn't seen the movie before, when I listened to the book, and it's like you have this character who's this warrior poet. Like he totally, he's way into uh, having quotes for every situation. He's way into, like he has his space guitar that he likes to play a lot. And he sings. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like Patrick Stewart has the gravitas. Like he's not necessarily what you think of as like a, and also, this is before the next generation, so you don't necessarily think of him as an actor as like this great warrior, 
but he has he has a lot of gravitas in his voice and in his presence. So I'm thinking, oh, great. Okay, I mean, yeah, it makes sense he'd be this character. By the way, the character of the warrior poet, they don't explore the poet part at all, other than he's carrying a giant space guitar in one shot. Do, does not try to play it. He's only carrying it. They don't say, oh, Gurney, you brought your space guitar. He's just carrying it sets it down and you never see or hear about it or see him try to play it ever again. Do you think they tried to set it as like uh, a Shakespearean stage play a little bit in that version? No. You don't think so? I don't honest to God, I don't know what they're trying to do because like I said, if you've if you've read the book, you can you can look at it and go, okay, I know why that's there. Okay, I know why they're doing that. Okay, I know why that thing is in that shot. Okay, I know why they talked about Thufer Hallett's got this poisonous system. I don't know why they have a cat milking machine. It's the only way he gets the antidote. Uh, like I, I can know, milk a cat. Could you milk know, me, Greg? I know who the characters. I know who the three Harkonnen characters are. I don't know why they're all acting this way. Hmm. Like because like he never the, read the uh, book. The main the main Baron Harkonnen is supposed to be gross, but also the largest part of his. his character is he's very conniving and very like uh he's a he's a master like like intrigue guy of mm-hmm. like plans upon plans upon plans honest to god all it seems like the honestly the main plot in dune that david lynch seemed to focus on was there was a chalkboard in the there was a chalkboard in the writer room and all it said on it was the harkonnens are gross that's the plot <laughs> um, i like it think, Sting's character, Sting's character is supposed to be, he's number one, he's supposed to not be there for most of the story, and he's there from Jump Street. His character is supposed to be uh, kind of uh, overconfident. He seems to be only horny. <laughs> they should have got Billy Idol. Oh, no, Sting works perfect. You know, he can go for Sting, like seven hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that scene, that famous scene where he's in the bikini, I thought that was going to be at the end because they make reference like in the end little fight thing they make reference in the book that he's only wearing a specific battle harness i'm like oh so that bikini's a battle harness no there's just a scene in the middle of it where he shows up in a weird bikini for <laughs> apropos of nothing apropos of nothing Roxanne. they don't tell you like he just comes out of a steam room and he's wearing a bikini <laughs> they don't say like leather oh stick Oh, Sting! You were in the you were in the Hawkenden like steam room of of whatever. It's just like no, he just comes out of a steam room and he's wearing the bikini and he kind of poses in a sexy way and looks like like he really wants to have sex with everything in the room. <laughs> no reference to it at all. It, it's just that's where he discovered um, tantric sex. <laughs> it, it it kind of blows my and it, and it honestly makes me worry. It makes me worry about the Villanueva Dune because that movie is two hours and fifteen minutes. And he blows through, he kind of blows through everything in the book, but you have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, okay, it, 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 it looks like Villanueva is more devoted to telling the book story, right? Mm, it seems like it. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to tell all of it and fit in all the reference in a two hour, maybe three hour movie. I don't know. How long is the David Lynch one? David Lynch one, I, I believe, because I think this is a, a director's cut. It's on it's on Amazon Prime. I remember I, that was always my reference for a long movie as a kid. It was like, oh, it was that you know taking geography today. It was like watching Dune. Was supposedly only an hour and a half. Really? 
but huh. in an hour and a half, I, I it could only get more confusing. I remember it was one of those movies where uh, I think you had to rent basically part one and part two because it wouldn't fit on the cassettes. Really? Yeah. I could yeah, be wrong. That cut, it's only two hours and, se- I mean, only, I say. Two hours and 17 minutes is a, a decent length movie. And the but, uh, the new one you say is going to be about the same length. I I assume I don't I oh. don't think I don't know if anyone knows how long the new one is. Is it only one movie? Do we know that? Is it going to be multiple movies? I I mean the, I think there are three books in Herbert's the Herbert University wrote, but I think there are a bunch of Dune books. And look, hey Travis, have you heard of a studio who wouldn't try to make a franchise? No, if I haven't. The first one successful. <laughs> so and all, uh, and uh also like the uh uh the character that Jason Mimosa is playing I am to understand plays a much 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 bigger plot later in the in the books and uh you know it it's weird because going into the book and the movie uh some of the names that I knew I thought were going to be much larger and they're not they're maybe not in the, the the first book a ton, but talking to people that I know who have read more of the books, they're like, oh no, those characters are huge getting farther in. Like the I'm 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 almost I, I think I, I I've heard that like Paul Atreus, the main character that's gonna be in this movie and in the first book, isn't such a huge deal going forward in the story. Huh. But I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I'm I'm ping ponging back and forth because it was it was a bit of a slog getting through uh, listening to the first book. I'm trying to decide if I want to continue with the further ones because the biggest, and I'm gonna, I am going to spoil the hell out of this because I don't know that we're gonna see it is, um, because it's been spoiled for me and I've heard lots of people talk about it, and I, I just want everyone to know, um, Paul Atreus's son, it, in later books, merges with a sandworm and becomes a giant sandworm guy, <laughs> and. <laughs> I want that. I want that on. I want that dedicated to film. <laughs> I want that real bad trap. Oh, that would be I cool. I want. I want Worm Emperor bad guy. I want it. I don't know how you merge with a sandworm, but that's good. Uh, do you do you have something that you can do a quick Google image search on? Uh, no, no, I've got. Because yeah, you're so, on my phone. That's what I've got with me. So. <laughs> Sometimes just just Google image search. Uh, uh, Duke Leto 2 and you will find some artist renditions that are hilarious. Nice. And, pre- a, and a bit a bit horny maybe? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was afraid you meant when you said merged with. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just the, the Lynch one is so crazy of um, uh, the like it, it's breaking me down of uh, the 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 book is interspersed with this princess uh, princess Irulan, I think. Uh, like I guess each chapter starts with a brief. Uh, there's supposed to be this book that, that this main emperor's daughter wrote, who later, I guess I shouldn't be I shouldn't be talking about it a ton because it'll probably be in the movie. But the she's supposed to have a huge thing that happens at the end of the first main Dune story, and she's only she's only there as a set piece and sort of narrator like sort of to set up the universe and it's 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 mind-blowing like i i heartily recommend anyone who can devote that kind of time to it like listen to the book and then watch the lynch movie and kind of just be blown away or i like i 
I'm, I'm falling down the stairs thinking about this stuff of which would be better. Cause there's part of me that kind of wishes that I'd watched the Lynch movie first and been like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> and then listen to the book and go, Oh, Oh, huh. <laughs> also the, the effect, the effects for the, uh, shields. I, I laughed openly when, um, Patrick Stewart and uh, Paul Atreus turned on their shields. I'll have it to hilarious. I'll have to dig out my copy of it. I have it on DVD somewhere. Do you do you have access to Amazon Prime? Yeah, I have. I guess I could just watch it on there. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I've got I'm that pretty too. sure that's where I watched it. It's a you know, it's a watch. It's a it is a thing, man. I know. I, I would love it if you would watch it as someone who doesn't know the books. I would love it if you watch it and get back to me and and see if maybe. Maybe watching the, maybe reading the books, maybe it makes a modicum of sense when you watch it. That just, mm. that when you have the deeper knowledge of what's going on, that it's like this is crazy that they're, they're blowing through these stories and characters that, that are so important in the books, and they're just they're, they're on, they're trying to get to an end point with, with ju- they're they're basically they're just trying to get to an end point with Paul, of like Paul is the Lord of Sand, on this in this story. Mm-hmm. And they, they just it just throws out so much context to so many other things to get there. I'll have it's to give it a nice. try because I always put Dune in like this dad sci-fi category when I was a kid. It was one that my dad was like, "We're gonna watch this. I think you'll like. You love Star Wars. You'll probably like Star Trek." Was kind of dad sad or sci-fi for me too. Dad sad. <laughs> yeah. I like that. No. It, just what I was talking about that the the sort of itch that 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 seeing a little bit of advertisements for that blood machines, I will say, uh, Dune is out of control design wise. Yeah, they definitely uh, put some work into it. Yeah, good work, questionable. I will see. The, the worms look cool. On, uh, like you can't say anything bad about the worms. They look cool. Why would I? <laughs> I challenge you to. Travis, I dare you to say something bad about the worms. Uh, a little big for me. <laughs> a little intimidating. Could we tone uh, it down? You know. Kids might watch it. Could we give them like bubbles coming out instead of those teeth? That that's a little aggressive. Uh, yeah. You can get that you can get that in a happy meal, I imagine, something like that. So I wanted to mention I went and saw Tenet again yesterday. Went oh, with went with we, my buddy Spencer. I, We've been trying to find a night to go see it. Makes a little more sense the second time. I got to admit, I think I might have dozed off for like three minutes when I saw it the first time. Because there was like a big, huge explanation. And I was like, I don't even remember this scene. So uh, let's just say uh, there's there's people going two directions at the same time. And it didn't make sense because I, I think I fell asleep for like two minutes. But really good movie if you have a chance to go see it go see it um that's all that's all makes more sense the second time to me pay good attention have you started watching any of du bois yet no it's a new season it's one i need to do i just i just haven't got around to that one yet i i kind of went on this i started watching because it was uh season one of i'm dying up here was free on amazon prime until uh the 30th of september so i started watching that it's a it's basically it's a fictionalized version of what went on at the comedy store in the 70s even though it's not called the comedy store 
they do reference the comedy store in it and they reference real comedians that the characters are based on. Uh, but it's, it's all right. I, I bought season two cause season two wasn't available and it was like four ninety nine for 10 episodes. So I bought that. There's some funny stuff in there. It's mostly like uh, they show, it's kind of like the bohemian romanticized version of what people think a stand-up comedian is. So they all have these tragic things happen in their lives and then they go on stage that night and immediately have a masterpiece of a joke <laughs> that they yeah. don't even have to work out. And they only use it once because there's going to be a new catastrophe next week. So that's the only unrealistic thing about it is like every single episode, somebody goes on stage with something traumatic that happened and they're killing with it. They're going to get on so Carson. I, I get I get this trope. Uh, I get I get the the annoyance with this trope. <clears throat> Um, I, I kind of want to know, do you think that there is an effective way to build a show and to be able to portray the, uh, the amount of work that it goes into crafting good comedy, but also makes for a good watchable show? I think so. Because even in this, they show them doing the same material more than once. Like they, before, before the show starts, they've got their bits and don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I have I have genuine respect for the the stand up craft and things like that. Mm -hmm. But and, and that can be annoying when when a, a Hollywood product tries to portray it is is they walked from like they they were at the sandwich shop and someone did something and they walked directly to the store and have a whole set based around that that uh, uh like a sharp set based around that right. thing. They don't you know they don't shop jokes things like that. So. I get that that's annoying, but at the same time, I'm trying to picture what it would be like trying to make a show that's an eight eight episode arc of trying to make the one joke work. Well, I mean, you could do it. If you were a good enough writer, you could do it. Uh, I mean, there are times where you do walk on stage and something's fresh that just happened to you and it gets a laugh. But, you know, that's that's the beginnings. That's the origins of it. But it was kind of my biggest complaint with uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel too, is because she would do that. Like every episode it would be whatever her mother did that week. And uh, my ex husband and my, my, you know, my son or whatever. And she'd go up there and riff on it. And it would be the most hilarious thing that anybody's ever said in the history of time. And she's only going to use it one time. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not how it works. Other than that, I like the show. Do you think it? But do you think it hurts the show portraying that way, or do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think that's maybe a comedian's version of Neil deGrasse Tysoning it of like you know that's not the real science. No, uh, well, yeah, kind of like that. I think that is what a uh, TV show writer thinks stand up is, which is like, pretty aren't, ironic. Aren't a lot of TV show writers stand ups. Uh, some of them, a lot of them, steal from stand ups. That's where. Uh, probably 65% of the jokes you see on sitcoms were stolen from an open micer. Um, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> Comedy writers oh, steal. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's, you know what they say. What was it? The, ah, forget about it. Whatever. I stopped Whatever. watching Brooklyn nine, nine because, and I don't even know if it was true, but I went to a open mic at the improv in LA and somebody goes, hey, the writers from, uh, if you get up, uh, the writers from Brooklyn Nine-Nine are here. So uh, you'll probably hear your jokes. Don't you, don't you do your A stuff. 
or you'll hear them on TV and you won't get paid. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm three eps in on Du Bois. And so far, I'm ping-ponging back and forth between, huh, they're exploring some interesting stuff here. And, oh, we're we're watching another show that uh, they've reached the end of the source material and... You know, now we're we're dealing with a lot of heavy-handed TV writer stuff. Oh. The the sort of uh, the lampooning of superhero stuff feels way more heavy-handed, like way more bright neon lights of, hey, this is this is a parody of superheroes because we're all bad superheroes. Hmm. I don't know. I uh, sort of parody is. I, I feel like parody can be a very fine line between we're deftly we're deftly making fun of this thing and we're just saying, huh, you get it? Because <laughs> this is what they usually do and we're doing the opposite. Right. Or in some cases, uh, sort of uh, parodying, parodying uh, from the headlines news things like when when a when a bad character starts saying thoughts and prayers a lot you're like i get what you're doing but just saying it they just saying it is like yeah we know that's the thing we're already we're already like the lexicon is already that thoughts and prayers doesn't mean anything like you putting it in here is just like i don't know like it's not it's not a just what kind of some of what you're saying like it's not really a crafted joke you're just saying the thing that people are already making fun of right to go hey we get it too <laughs> Did you catch my so, sexual innuendo? I, like I said, I'm ping ponging back and forth between, uh, like th- this this season they have this new uh, character Stormfront that is a woman who base basically so far her job is largely to sit in meetings where they're talking about how to be marketable superheroes and you're going like, and her just sarcastically dumping on the ideas like yeah, so you're parodying the thing and then pointing out that it's a parody and that it's lame. Like it, <laughs> it's just layers upon layers of it. And, right. But, but at the same time, but at the same time, uh, you still have, uh, some, you still have some really good, like Carl Urban is still really magnetic. Uh, uh, let me get this back up. Where the hell are they? These people. Uh, I keep forgetting the name of the guy who is uh, Homelander. Uh, where is it? Anthony, Anthony Starr is a brilliant. Anthony Starr is so good in that role. Jack Quaid, Jack Quaid, really good as the innocent. Although I, I do get hints that they're as, as you know, a TV writer thing, they're doing a very, uh, Wolverine Cyclops between Carl Urban and, and, uh, Jack Quaid's characters. Yeah. Uh, the well-meaning character, we have to make sure that the well-meaning character is right, but also very lame. <laughs> Uh, just, I guess that's the thing. It's like just about everybody, just about everybody in this. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is amazing in anything that he's in, and he's great in this, even though he's not in it a ton. Everybody's great in it. The writing is maybe a little. It, it's it's up and down between. Uh, um, maybe don't try so hard, guys. And actually, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. Well, I'll have to I'll have to give it a try. I just heard some things about the comics, and I was like, I don't know if that's for me. I, I know there's some really harsh stuff. I mean, again, Garth Ennis, Garth Ennis, pretty decent, uh, pretty decent at taking a character and 
unflinchingly finding a way to portray them, but also maybe need someone to rein him in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, somebody told me something about babies in there, and I was like, yeah, maybe this. There was a me. scene. There was a scene with a whale in the most recent one that took me a minute to get over. <laughs> it's kind of brutal. It's kind of brutal. It is also immediately after that kind of silly. Um, that 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 also leads me to another thing. Is you know the character from the deep from the first one, right? No. You like? Let's see. You watched the first season, right? No, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, why? Why do I think? Why do I keep thinking that you've watched some? I don't know. I haven't even started it. Weird. Uh, there, there's a character who uh, the first, basically the first thing you see from him is demanding, demanding uh, oral pleasure from the woman who's just being record, re- recruited into their, their, uh, you know, Justice League analog. <sighs> nice. And you follow him, and it keeps feeling like they want you to feel sorry for him. And it's like if your first thing is kind of sexual assault. I, it's going to be really hard to ever get me to want to feel bad for this <laughs> right. character. Yeah. That's the thing about the way they write. Like, even that I'm dying up here, like, they didn't go that far. Thank goodness. But <laughs> they take a character that you really, really like, and for, like, a whole season, you're like, yeah, this person, he's, like, the one guy I would want to hang out with on this show. And then they turn him super dark. And then they, somebody else that was going through this heroin addiction now you want to make them likable again and it's like nah, just have the have the dirt bag and have the good dude yeah why do we the, have to the, reinvent every character every season the 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 arc on that character is he he's he's a aquaman analog like i said the the first thing you see is uh, the the story follows a young lady who gets recruited into their their justice league analog and like everybody leaves the room and she turns around his pants are down. He's like, yeah, this is kind of what you got to do to get in with the team, (laughs) which is, which is super gross. And and Garth Ennessy is hell. Yeah. But then he eventually, he gets kicked out of the seven shortly thereafter and gets sent to like Idaho to be a hero. And he just, he's just (laughs) depressed and going through, but the guy, the guy chase Crawford who plays him is he's really good at being a, uh, like I hate to say it, he's he's good at being a lovable dope, huh. who just who just keep, he's trying to he's trying to be better, but just keeps screwing up because he can't help it because he's a dumb lovable dope. <laughs> but they started from this place where you can't like him. I can't feel sorry for him because the first thing he was was that guy. But Chase yeah. Crawford is, like it, it. This is where it feels like TV writing in that. He was immediately magnetic as an actor, and people were like, "Like, people really like the deep, and they really like this. They really like this this dumb guy who can talk to fish. We want him to stay in the series, but it was just like, I I just I kind of wish they'd found something less unforgivable for him to do to make it so that you kind of want to follow his adventure because he's just I can't stop I can't." forget that that was the first thing they introduced as the character. I can't root for him. So he's essentially Aquaman and they send him to Idaho? I don't think it's Idaho. I can't remember okay. where it is they send him to. Some landlocked state, it though? It is honestly somewhere like Midwest. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's now he's getting into their... Because, again, I think they're getting off the reservation. Like Now he's basically getting into their universe's equivalent of, of Scientology. Oh. Nice. And, and, again, that stuff's, that stuff's super... Un- I think even, again, the sarcastic 
uh, the sarcastic char- character. I think she even called it dumb Scientology or something like that <laughs> when she found out that's what she what he's doing. It's hmm. I don't know. Again, it's uh, I'm a little I'm a little bit hot and cold on the show. Well, I'll give so. it a try and see what I think. Uh, it's rough. <laughs> it, it can be. Br- it, it's well, maybe I won't so. watch it then. You're kind of talking me out of it. <laughs> I guess watch it up until it does the first thing that you feel like you can't handle. I mean, I can handle yeah, a lot. The, I do stand up. It's just whatever. So, there are some things well, I'm you, like, why even put that in there? You, you, you're an avowed person who doesn't like to feel, Travis. And mm-hmm. The Boys is a show that the thing it wants you to feel is bad. Oh, well, that's fun. So, hey, I want a lot of good. Oh, please, please go ahead. I was going to say, I want to close this out uh, by talking about three trailers. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Uh, have you seen the No Time to Die trailer, the new one? I think I... Think I is there another one since the one that we... I thought we'd brought it up recently. Oh, did we? One since I couldn't then? remember if we talked about it. I don't know if we did. I think I watched it, but it... I watched it, but it... Uh, not, for, not for any qualitative things. For some reason, it just didn't stick to me. Oh. I'm the opposite. It stuck to me perfectly. Hit all of it. Checked all the Bond boxes. Yeah. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, Then uh, there's a sequel. Do you remember Murder on on the Orient Express? I know that there is a trailer out for a sequel to that, but I didn't didn't watch the first one. Murder on the Nile. That looks really good, too. And then a trailer that I I just saw yesterday. I never even heard of this uh, movie before. But it's a it's a Blumhouse, so it's kind of like the horror horror movies. But it's got Vince Vaughn in it, and apparently he's playing he's playing a uh, serial killer. Uh, but he kills this teenage high school girl, and somehow they Freaky Friday into each other's bodies. <laughs> so the whole premise is uh, Vince Vaughn is now the girl inside of him. So he's trying to go find her friends so they can figure out what it, you know, how to switch back or something like that. Meanwhile, you know, Vince, the serial killer's in the girl's body and, you know, she's going to the high school where she can kill anybody she wants because nobody, you know, they're just going to science class. They're not worried about that kind of thing. And, you know, she basically tells the cops to go after. It's kind of this big chase movie, but it's a slasher freaky friday movie it seems kind of fun to watch it's a comedy so it's played for last okay oh yeah 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 for sure i could see that going either way and also like vince vaughn to the best of my knowledge for the last few years has been taking a lot more serious like darker role he he's he's adam sandlering but all the time (laughs) well i there's a movie on hulu that i just watched that he's in um it's basically a spoof of uh, the, I'm sorry. What is it called? What's the movie where the once a year they get to do whatever crimes they want? The Purge. The Purge. Yeah, that's right. Is it the? It's the called binge? the the binge. Yes, and I okay, watched that, I've and he's in that. The, he has it's, a mustache. Yeah, he he's like the high school principal or something. But yeah. it's fun uh, if you want to watch that kind of Harold and Kumari type stuff. It's it's fun for that, but it's not like gonna yeah, get nominated I've, for any awards i've heard that there's like there's like two movies i think it's dragged across concrete and brawl in cell block eight or something like that hmm. I, they're both movies that feature vince vaughn they're supposed to be dead serious and really brutal but also supposed to be pretty good that i just don't really get 
get around to watching. Huh. Well, this one, Freaky, looks looks fun. So it, it might be one that I go see. Yeah, I kind of like slasher comedies. For, uh, for Vince Vaughn. I mean, he's in his 50s now. He realizes that. He's going to be... He's gonna be the dad now, you know. He's not gonna be the the young single guy going to Vegas at two a.m. And that's the thing is, like, Swingers was so long ago, and it's the thing. It, it's basically, in a lot of ways, it's his uh, his twilight of guys. That was a long time ago. I have done so much since. Then. Why <laughs> is it that that's still the only? Like, I guess it's iconic. It, it's a little di- a little bit different for Robert Pattinson because. Uh, he got associated with with Twilight in in in, in a kind of unforgiving way. Um, I don't I don't want to yeah. I don't want to shit on those movies. Those movies aren't he's, for me. I don't want to shit on them. Really good in Tenet. But, but uh, I mean, I've seen a couple of two or three movies in the last year or so, uh, like Good Time, that he he's really good in. And I'm like, oh wait, there's a movie but, called. Yeah. I want to say it's called The Lost City of Z. I think it's on Amazon Prime. But it's got, yeah. he, he's in it. And the first probably five scenes he's in, I didn't even realize it was him. Because he's got a bushy beard and he's got glasses on and he's wearing a hat. So I couldn't even tell it was him. It wasn't until, for some reason, I think his hat gets ripped off or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's Robert Pattinson. But he's really good in that. He's a good actor. So I'm not worried about him playing yeah. Batman at all. Yeah, real, real good actor. But I mean, that was... But that's just similar to Vince Vaughn. Is is uh, he? He's done a lot of stuff, but every time you see him, you can't get away from the beautiful babies. He's all grown up. All I heard. Up. I heard somebody basically talk about. I think they had a conversation with John Favreau, and I guess he didn't make very much money off of Swingers. I think the studio told him nobody saw it, but he said, "Every time I meet somebody, they don't talk about anything I've done in my career except Swingers." Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think it was the Rewatchables did an episode on Swingers. I I don't think that it theatrically. I don't think Swingers made a lot of money. I think it went just banana dicks on uh, rentals on home video and rentals yeah. and stuff like that. I think they talked about that then, and, and that makes sense. Like it, that movie came out in sort of a DVD boom. Oh, so yeah. I think that was a DVD everyone had for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sort of during. That was during a very huge indie movie boom, where there were there were a lot of movies that were small. That uh, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction was kind of the Nirvana of okay, okay, smaller movies are huge. Buy up everything and put it out, and we'll just see what sticks. So a lot of movies work like, for Kevin things Smith. To do, things to do in Denver when you're dead, uh, Suicide Kings, uh, like even. Um, like Christopher Nolan, uh, um, Memento. Memento probably doesn't happen, and maybe Christopher Nolan doesn't make it big without that boom of we're kind of buying up every small, crazy indie movie and putting it out because that's what's big right now. Right. I still I haven't Swingers seen that. In that glut. You've never seen Memento? No. Oh, I, I have a hard time believing you wouldn't super dig Memento. I mean, I know the premise. He loses his memory every day, so he has to right on himself it has a Shyamalan-esque twist Ooh, i do like so, those no it's really it, it, it's really that's a i'm pretty sure that's a good movie it again i guess it, it, it's hard because that style has been used over and over again so i don't i don't know how 
it's hard to know how movies like that are in a modern right you know it's 20 years old that's like, insane guy, guy pierce has guy pierce ever been really bad mm, not really yeah he, he maybe he's usually look through good. his imdb like so I'm just looking at this because I haven't watched a while, like Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss, Joe Pantoliano, like just a bunch of the Tobolowski. Tobolowski pops up, but you know, it's, it's two people from the Matrix. It's a relatively small, relatively weird to say intimate sort of movie. Like, watch it. Carrie Beautiful Ann movie. Moss, Trinity. Yup. Nobody, nobody looked better in leather than her. Holy cow! Oh, also. A Guy Pierce favorite, and this is this also. This movie is super from that era of. Uh, uh, I love uh, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Have you heard of that movie? Yeah, it's kind of like the thing Tu Wong Fu was based on. I don't know that Tu Wong Fu was because I, I want to say Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for all the memories, Jen, Julie Newmar. I think that might be a novel. Oh really? But I, I feel like Pris, the, uh, Priscilla made it so that that movie could get made. Mm, I thought it was kind of like a retelling of the same story. I didn't know it was two different stories. I don't think so. I've never seen Tu Wong Fu. That's the one I have seen. Yeah. Uh, again, I would have to rewatch this because maybe it's not great. It was a movie I loved because you've got, you've got three amazing, you've got Guy Pierce, Hugo Weaving, and Terrence Stamp as, <laughs> as very different drag queens. You Neil have, before Zod. Very different... It's very, it's three very, like, Terrence Stamp is the, the hardened veteran drag queen. Uh, Guy Pierce is the super flamboyant drag queen. And Hugo Weaving, I think, if I remember correctly, is honestly the kind of in the middle drag queen. It'd be funny if, all, if Terrence Stamp's character was, his drag queen character was named Zod, but before it was just Neil. So it was Neil before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid Bernadette is what they went with. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I need to see. I need to see if that's streaming because that's a movie that I really liked when I was younger. But again, that's you know, crazy stuff. There, there are a lot of early movies that a lot of people who are really big. Uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waxing nostalgic about that era of indie movies because I had a lot of. That was a very fun era of me going to the tower, which is a yeah. That was our early twenties, man. Yeah, I loved. I, I I have a hard time believing that this in in a world of streaming and things like that. I have a hard time believing that the experience could be as magical as like I I saw so much. Like I found out who Jackie Chan was from going to the tower before, like a couple of years before. Um, Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx came to the U.S. I had seen a few of those movies at the Tower. Like mm. I, uh, I told you that's where I saw. I, I went and watched Crispin Glover do a short Q and A after a movie that he directed. Uh, I went and saw a Faces of Death movie, and I'm Travis. I'm not too proud to admit I did go out and throw up. <laughs> I've never it seen so any of stupid. them. That's not my it, thing. No, it's not my thing. It was like, it was an experience. I'm like, they, they had this thing I have to go experience. And I was, probably a lot of it was, I was just nervous and felt stupid for doing it. It was stupid. It was stupid. Right. And I went out and puked and went home and was like, that wasn't, I don't even think it was that, uh, I don't know. I just, I think I was mostly nervous about it. So. Huh. I never got into that. Yeah, I like, never got into bum fights. I feel like I, I, 
I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't regret those. Girls, you have the whole collection of Girls Gone Wild, though. <laughs> <laughs> the commercials. I just recorded the commercials. <laughs> you know what? That's free. Honestly, honestly, if that's the way you were going to go, that was the way to go. <laughs> you made the right decision. Indeed. Oh God. How gross! Anyway, we're, we're not going to get into how gross Girls Gone Wild was, but yeah, like uh, yeah, I never saw them. Super <laughs> waxing. Uh, hey, look! I just saw the commercials, but just in retrospect, the whole concept super gross. I remember when I was, it was I was like twenty five or so. I wanted to do a sketch uh, where it was Girls Gone Mild, and it was just girls like giving the thumbs up when somebody points a camera at them. <laughs> <laughs> points a camera at them, like hey, hey. You, don't you need a jacket or like? <laughs> hey, have, you, have you had lunch today? Can I order some milk? Hey, what's? Have you looked at what tomorrow's weather's like? <laughs> All right, but we should yeah, probably wrap this up. Yeah, sure. Uh, anything you have to promote, my guy? Yes, uh, October thirtieth at the Jordan Landing Wise Guys location. Uh, I'll be headlining, so come and see me. Get your Mando, get your Travo. It's 21 and over at that one. They have a full bar if that's what you're into. You can uh, come get a drink, have some have some nachos, and we'll, and we'll laugh. Word up. Word up. Um, so the usual spiel, if you want to get at us, later to the tater at gmail.com is the address you can get at us. Uh, we love you, so <laughs> let, please love us a little. Subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Get on that that uh, Apple Podcast. That's where most things get done. Uh, please give us a five-star rating and write us a one-sentence review. We just want to get out there to more people. If that's too much trouble, we don't blame you. Stuff sucks right now. So, you know, <laughs> that sort of that sort of responsibility. If, if we could ask just one favor, please tell a friend. Just remember, we're free. You don't have to pay for us. <laughs> Uh, you can also find us on mm-hmm. Podbean, on Spotify, and I forget what's the laughable. 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 Yeah. So There's some other ones I'm trying those, to get on. That's another. Oh. That's another uh, convenient way to get at us. I did uh, just remember uh, October second and third. I'll be featuring for Vicky Barbalak, also at the Jordan oh, yeah, Lining right. Wise guys. That's right. So yeah, that's Vicky's uh, super great. Come see her. She requested uh, yeah. me personally. Say hello to Travis. She called her Please. agent. She made a phone call. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yes, Cindy. Nice. Yeah, there's an agent that's heard my name. Uh, Blue Wave Theory is the music that we utilize in our podcast. We thank them for the usage. Thanks, guys uh, and gals. No. What do you? What do you? You got anything else? No, just those those two things. You can follow me at Travis Tate Funny on all of the social medias and. Thanks for listening. We have listeners all over the world. It's crazy to think that uh, I have anything to say that somebody in another country would find interesting, but I'm glad you do. Thank you, and spread the word. Much appreciation. Well, for the famous drag queen, Neil Before Zod, this has been (laughs) Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never.